You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash crimes, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash crimes to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash crimes. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Voices for Justice is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics, including violence, abuse, and murder. This podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Some names have been changed or omitted per their request or for safety purposes. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Sarah Turney, and this is Voices for Justice. Today, I'm bringing you some updates in the Daniel Robinson case as we approach the one-year anniversary of his disappearance. Now, if you haven't listened to my first episode about Daniel Robinson, go back and listen to that first, or else this episode is not going to make sense. I will have the first episode linked in the episode description here for easy access. But just as a little recap, Daniel Robinson went missing from Buckeye, Arizona on June 23, 2021. He was just 24 years old. He was out in the desert at a well for his job that day, but he suddenly left his worksite and was never seen again. On July 19, 2021, Daniel's blue-gray Jeep Renegade was recovered not far from his worksite, but Daniel was nowhere to be found. Unfortunately, the Buckeye Police Department did not act with much urgency, so Daniel's father, David Robinson, sprung into action. 
he left his home in South Carolina and traveled to Arizona to begin searching for his son. One year later, David is still in Arizona continuing the search. There's obviously a lot more to Daniel's story. So again, definitely go listen to my entire episode about his case before listening to this update. But I was finally able to connect with David Robinson to get even more insight into Daniel's case. And he told me about some very promising updates, including witnesses coming forward to say they know what happened to Daniel. We also discuss his current relationship with the Buckeye Police Department. We discuss the new Daniel Robinson Foundation, true crime media, finding support in the true crime community, and some upcoming events that you can attend and help with. This is the case update for Daniel Robinson. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by June's Journey. I'm pretty sure everyone here loves a good mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. You get to step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. So what does that mean? Well, June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game. Essentially, you find hidden clues and uncover this mystery. But it's also more than that. You can customize your own luxurious estate island, you can join a detective club, and put your skills to the test in a detective league. I like that you can play totally alone, or if you want to play with other people, you can do that too. I find myself playing June's Journey in little breaks during the day, or most frequently at night before I go to bed. Whether you're craving a good mystery or just looking for an escape, I really do recommend June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. All right, so first I want to ask just how are you doing? Well, uh, thanks for having me on. I, I'm doing okay. I'm doing as uh, much as I can. I'm um, really still trying to make sure I'm just staying physically fit. Uh, when I say physically fit, mentally fit uh, to search for my son. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I'm sure that those searches um, were exhausting. Uh, yeah, they're very exhausting. Uh, you know, uh, mostly mental uh, thing. You know, sometimes we think you're done uh, searching areas out there in the desert. Then there's more um, to come, as well as um, the fact that, you know, every day is like day one. You know, I was come up empty handed. I'm hoping that I don't see my, uh, find my son out there. I hope it's a bit waste of time. Uh, at the same time, you know, saying if he's out there, I want to make sure uh, I bring him back home. Yeah. I mean, you're doing the absolute most. I have covered a lot of cases. Um, you know that I, you know, I have a missing sister myself, and most parents don't fight as hard as you do. And that's not. That's not to, you know, shade other parents or anything. It's just I, I want to highlight how absolutely amazing you are because you are going above and beyond um, what anyone probably ever expected. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I would like to um, say something different, <laughs> okay, because I, I bet I have to uh, simply agree. I, I come from a single-parent home, of course, so, I, I, you know, I, I have made sure when my children was born, I say, you know what, uh, one thing they will have is a father. And and what I believe a father would do is exactly what I'm doing, um, is to um, make sure he's providing for his family uh, physically, mentally, and to keep them safe uh, spiritually as well. And and these are one of the things I have to do. It's my birthright as a father, and I'm really grateful and honored to do this for my son. Um, I'm definitely going not having given up on. He hasn't given up on anything. I'm definitely not giving up on him. 
You're just, you're such a good guy. I can't get over it. Um, you're just absolutely wonderful. Every interaction I've ever had with you, absolutely wonderful. Um, I do want to ask, you know, of course, my episode, uh, uh, you know, aired back in November. So I have to ask, has there been any updates? Well, um, only thing I had so far, uh, you know, I definitely had uh, some uh, the well sites that my son, uh, the one that he was uh, uh, supposedly last seen, and also one else north of that. I had those those well sites checked um, myself with a company uh, that came in and did the um, um, inspection of those wells uh, free uh, for the owners, uh, so that I can go into those wells and do those those uh, uh, you know search. And um, in those one of those wells north, um, I do have some questions to believe that something is there. Somebody's hiding something. And that northern well, uh, a lot of things that shouldn't be in that well. Tons of dirt was thrown into that well um, to cover up something. And we're still trying to figure out what that is. As well as um, um, going forward, uh, there's some tips and things that have come in uh, that we're searching. Um, has some guys claiming uh, to know uh, what happened to my son, uh, that they was involved with it. And, and that's, as uh, uh, right now, like I said, under investigation uh, for myself. I did uh, send those information out to the Buckeye Police Department, hoping uh, they would do something. Wow. I mean, those are huge developments. Yes, very much so. Um, the second one, uh, well, both is very disturbing. Uh, one, uh, the well site, like I was speaking of, uh, there was a, uh, something on the bottom that would appear to be the top of someone's skull. I'm not an expert, so I'm having an expert look at that that footage. Uh, and see if they can determine what that really is. Also, like I said, the tip came in through uh, a Twitter uh, a comment section. A uh, guy have a uh, word that he know uh, the persons who is responsible for um, this been straight up uh, murdering my son. And so I just want to make sure that uh, you know those that's just something that's uh, not a fluke or somebody's just really trying to get me upset or is this something that's valid. So I did bring in law enforcement to try to look into that. Like I said, I hope there. Um, acting upon it. Wow. I mean, and I know you've had your issues with the Buckeye Police Department, and I don't blame you. Um, do you think that they're taking it seriously? Well, I have no reasons. You know, sometimes you have to, um, it's one thing Maya Angelou said, if somebody show you who they are, uh, believe them the first time. You you, you believe that. Um, and, and one of the things I, I can be honest and say, um, I had lost a lot of confidence in that department. Um, you know, I would hope they would try to do the right thing. Um, but, you know, that's all you can rely on. You know, I don't have any other uh, places to go. They're responsible for my son's case for right now. Uh, I'm just pushing really hard to um, have his case removed in a different direction and to a different department where I can feel more safe, um, feel like my son's case has been handled properly. Absolutely. Uh, is there a certain department you're narrowing in on? It Would it be a local department or are you asking more for like the FBI to be involved? Of course, um, yes. The uh, FBI is one of the one of the main um, goals that I have. I did reach out to the Buckeye Police Department in the past. Uh, many may know. Uh, sent Chief Hall um, a striking letter um, uh, to him, um, you know, with my attorney's approval, and um, those things um, that I pointed out in that that letter. Uh, the fact that my son went missing in the crime scene. Um, here we are doing many. I did over forty uh, weeks of searches out there. We found human remains. Um, out there in those areas. One human skull near to where my son's vehicle was found. My son been missing for weeks. And um, so my son went missing in the crime scene. I uh, pointed those things out. Uh, my son's vehicle now has been discovered is on federal land. And so I just want to make sure that I can get the FBI into it. So I did elicit that. or no ask them to bring in the FBI. I did a case review. I uh, want to be a part of that case review. 
Um, they didn't uh, notify me, didn't bring me into that case review. But I was told, of course, um, according to the Buckeye Police Department, uh, the FBI feel that I was doing such a great job on my own that they didn't need to come in. Now, um, at this point, I haven't given up on the FBI, uh, but my goal right now is to bring in the um, attorney general's office, try to go into towards that attorney general's office and then backtrack uh, back to the FBI. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you have to have, you know, a course of action like that. Um, but of course, it just infuriates me that they say that you're doing such a good job that, you know, they don't you don't need any help. Um, it's kind of like when you do a great job at work and they reward you with more work. Um, it's it doesn't make any sense, uh, especially you found so many sets of human remains. Um, my goodness. I mean, you're out there doing this public service that, you know, in my opinion, they should be doing, you know, they should be finding all these remains as they as they search for your son it's it's absolutely insane to me and i i know that you've um spent a ton of money you know with um all these searches and it's resulted in finding these you know these other humans that have been lost out there do you anticipate needing um more funding for searching the well and identifying possibly if that is a top of a school uh, yes, I, I really do. Um, and, and I want to backtrack with that as well. Um, you know, one of the biggest things, uh, finding those human remains, it's very devastating to see uh, that someone's loved ones uh, was left out on the ground in, in those manners that we found them. However, at the same time, I, I'm still grateful uh, that God put me in certain places uh, with the searches. Uh, the volunteers have been bringing um, some uh, families some, some, uh, some, some form of closures. Um, as in for the searches, I did put my searches on pause. I will have one coming this coming twenty fifth. Uh, it was on pause for a while uh, due to funding. Um, you know, I'm a very responsible guy. I'm um, ex military and retired. And one thing I know about logistics and, and things, you know, to prepare preparations when you're bringing people out in the desert. One thing I would not allow, and I do care about the volunteers there. They're like extended family. Is to help put them in harm's way. Um, they have families as well. Uh, we don't need a rescue looking for a rescue, for instance. We don't need anybody um, injured out there. So some of those things were some of the reasons why I had to pause the searches. But a lot of it also was because of funding, which causes um, those things that the, the volunteers needed as well out there to not be available. So I have some things in um, for the search that's coming up that we'll uh, provide those for the, for the volunteers, this one uh, particular search. And then for the future, uh, we'll be trying to uh, gain funding uh, to continue my searching. So that's, the desert is really huge. It's very intimidating. There's areas I'm still searching. Um, and I definitely, when I see those human remains out there, they always scarred in my mind because, um, God forbid, if my son is out there, I don't need him lying on the ground in that manner um, because things get moved around. So my goal is to get, make sure I get those searches. But at the same time, because um, um, the friends of work, for instance, wasn't done on the vehicle at the scene uh, or no friends were done at the scene, um, I have to also cover that. So, you know, kind of try to balance those two things out uh, to cover both. Yeah. I mean, I thank you for what you're doing. To be honest, I've wanted to go out to those searches so many times, and I don't think I have the strength to stumble upon my own sister's body. I don't think that I could handle it, um, to be totally honest. That's why I've never come out to a search. So I I thank you. I commend you. You're You're a lot stronger than me. Well, you know, and I'm glad you said that. Um, you know, I have have uh, Daniel has siblings, and I have my daughters. Um, you know, one here in Arizona, the other um, different city, uh, different state, and um, you know, they came to the searches, 
came to searches um, at the beginning. Um, and in one particular time in the search, my daughters uh, ran across some um, cattle um, remains. And they were very devastated. I made it to their location. And I just seen their face. Um, one thing uh, my daughter said, I'm glad it wasn't Daniel. I'm glad it's an animal. And that dawned on me at that moment. I said, you know what? Uh, my daughters, uh, my children, they are not allowed to come out to the searches uh, because they don't need to remember their brother any other way than what they can remember him as. They don't need to see anything like that. Of course, I'm a veteran. I've been around certain things. Um, and it's, it, it's even hard for me. So I, um, I don't want those memories to be scarred in my, my children's mind as well as yourself. Like you said, it, it, you know, it's difficult to uh, see your loved one in a state that you don't want to see. Yeah. Wow. You're just, you just constantly amaze me. You're just, I mean, you're such an excellent father. I, I can't get over it. And uh, everyone's just so lucky to have you. Um, sorry, I'm like getting teary. I'm getting teary eyed over here because that's so kind. That is so kind of you to shield your other children from that. Um, I just hope you know that you're amazing. I, I appreciate that. You know, it's, it's my birthright, of course. Um, you know, uh, it's my birthright and I'm really honored, you know, to do that for my children. I didn't have that growing up. I definitely want to make sure my children have that, um, you know, that type deal. That's for any of my children. They, they know that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, it's kind of hard to even, um, I, I'm really grateful of your comment, uh, but it's kind of hard for me to, um, uh, think of it no different than what a father should do. You know, I think all fathers would do the same thing. I, I want to say that really badly, uh, that any father would be doing this because if you love your children, uh, you love your family, you definitely would. Yeah. I know that you, you packed up your entire life and now you're here in Arizona and it's been, it's been about a year. Um, how are you doing? I mean, how, how is it being in Arizona? Is it just something you feel compelled to do as if, you know, you're just not ready to go back home yet? It, it, do you have a plan to go back home or are you here for the foreseeable future? You know, I, I want to say, say it this way. Um, before Daniel went missing, we had many conversations. Um, our conversation is always two hours long. And um, in this conversation, uh, before he went missing, he was always trying to convince me to live in Arizona. Hey, Arizona is this, Arizona that. He just loves Arizona. Uh, I feel Arizona have enough trees for me and uh, <laughs> enough water, <laughs> that type thing. I'm a green guy. I love tropical stuff. Uh, I say, I would t- son, I would never come live in Arizona. And here I am under, under bad circumstances. Um, one thing I can say, yeah, it's definitely not a field trip for me. It's definitely not a vacation. It's a place I really don't typically enjoy, uh, but I have to be here for my son. Um, I definitely, um, you know, don't have a, uh, I did get that question uh, from family. Hey, David, how long are you going to be looking for Daniel? Um, I, I don't have an answer for that because I can't allow myself or see myself right now, uh, even considering uh, walking away. You know, my son is still out there somewhere. I don't have the answers that I really need. Um, you know, so I definitely have to uh, continue to fight. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, and I think it's important for the listeners to understand that in the summer, Arizona shuts down kind of like, um, you know, back east shuts down uh, during the winter. That's it's right. just, I mean, it's it's unbearable. I mean, sometimes it gets up to, you know, 120 degrees out there in the desert. It's extremely dangerous. So um, I think it's just important for them to understand that in relation to why you have also kind of paused these searches um, in the name of keeping your volunteers safe. 
And that's right. And they, they family. Like I said, uh, people who come out there, I don't care if it's one day, they come out. You know, people give, they all, um, some people have long hauls and some have short, uh, but they all have, they, they, they come out there in love and they don't know know me, they don't know Daniel. Uh, they spend their times out there. Um, you know, I remember the first searches, we start at five in the morning. It's supposed to end at 10. Uh, here we are, hundreds of people out there at four o'clock in the evening, like you say, braving 118, 120 degree weather. Um, we don't, I don't want to put anybody at risk. I remember that back then when I first started, of course, uh, it was a high urgency thing. It was a rescue mission, fighting really hard, um, trying to rescue Daniel if he's out there over the months, you know, of course it became a recovery. Um, it gave me a little time to really assess what's really going on and, you know, that type thing, uh, with investigation, I learned to, um, know a lot of, uh, the volunteers out there. We work very hard together. We become like a safe family. Uh, and so, you know, definitely want to risk anybody, uh, once we go out there. Yeah, of course. I mean, you have such a great network around you too. It's just incredible. I mean, it's, it seems like I see this all the time when you try to rely on, you know, the departments that are supposed to help you, the people that are supposed to allocate these resources for you, and you end up relying on this community that you kind of build yourself. Um, it's it's an unreal phenomenon in true crime that I, I can't quite explain or get over, but it seems like the general public tends to care sometimes more than these authorities. That's how I feel. And they do. Um, you know, um, we, we, we definitely, when I reached out to the community, they came out. Um, you know, I was amazed. Um, I remember even just something simple as uh, the city distribution. Uh, when I started my city distribution, um, I just got a thought, hey, just build it and it would come. It's like an old baseball movie, build it and they would come. I really needed to get those flyers out. Uh, I remember the first cert, uh, city distribution. Um, I got to the to the area at three, uh, three o'clock at the time. And no one in my purview was there. Um, I went in the car, I said, you know what? I'm going to take this by faith, pull these flyers out and put it on my trunk. And I reached in the back. As soon as I got out of the car, reached in the back door to get the flyers off the back seat. I, t- I heard somebody say, there go Mr. Robinson right there. And there's like 30 people standing there, you know? So I would say sometimes you put things out there and the community will come out there and, and show off like, and really come out and help. Um, they, they show all the empathy that's out there. And, you know, and like you said, um, it's really hurtful. Uh, when we try to rely on law enforcement and want them there as well. And then you reach out and you don't get anybody to reach back. Yeah. Yeah. That's extremely difficult. Um, and I know that you kind of have this, or at least this is what I've seen, this this team around you. I saw, you know, um, this team at the vigil. I saw this team at CrimeCon. Um, am I correct in assuming you have a team around you that's helping you facilitate these things? I know that I spoke with someone over email. It seems like you do have, um, you know, some good support there. Yes, and I've been blessed. Um, you know, I have a team, also a desert team, um, of course, uh, people out there helping me coordinate um, and get those searches together. However, at the same time, some of the team that you met in CrimeCon, uh, with team, they was out there in the desert. There's a, on the volunteers. They got together. They saw a need. Mr. Robinson is doing so much by himself. We want to see how we can help. Uh, they form a little small team. Uh, they present themselves to me. Uh, I, I saw what their background is and things they were doing. Um, helped me out ever, ever since, you know, helped me coordinate things as in keeping tracks of, track of everything because so much come at me at one time uh, trying to juggle searches to uh, city distributions to you name it, investigation. 
Uh, they kind of helped me keep those things in order. And all the, as well as uh, my dream and my goal when I founded uh, Daniel Robinson Foundation, for instance, they were there um, in support. And also, they're not just a team. They're also uh, a board members. So really grateful for the, the team I do have. Oh, that's incredible. That was one of my questions was uh, the foundation. So that's all been set up now? Yes, it's been filed. Uh, we're still in the uh, cost, uh, building our constitution and some of the bylaws. But yeah, we we already filed it. Um, we're ready to get this thing on the road so we can um, go out and help other families. That's the whole goal, um, to be able to help other families as well as uh, helping myself uh, with the funding and things I need to uh, get out there and finish, continue to search for my son and also uh, to get those uh, funding for the forensic work that need to be done um, that wasn't done on the scene. Yeah, that's incredible. Very smart, too. Um, you know, I, I think I can imagine why you're doing it, but I would love to just get your take on, you know, why you've decided to help other families. Well, you know, uh, the first thing, you know, I'm out there in, in that desert. I didn't know anyone. Um, it's it very overwhelming. Um, here, I is, here I am uh, surrounded by total strangers. I mean, 200 of them at times. And, um, you know, um, you can imagine being out there with the volunteers, their passion, their drive, and as well as uh, some of the volunteers, they themselves have missing family members. And then they share their stories. They start sharing their stories. I, I'm getting the emails, texts uh, about stories of missing loved ones, uh, been missing for years. But, you know, the thing that I noticed the most, uh, a couple of things, they talk about it as if it happened yesterday. And the other thing is, um, a lot of times people don't even know who they are. They don't even have a voice. Um, they didn't have a clue how to get a search start and things like that. I thought about the, the things that I had to go through just to get searches going, just to get some national or news attention and things like that. So I say, you know, I have to give back. I have to help other families. Nobody should have to go through what me and my family had to go through. When a person say, hey, that person is missing, we need law enforcement to go out immediately to look. So let's let's provide uh, services where we can do that, uh, where law enforcement fail. So that's where the birth of um, uh, the Daniel Rossum first Foundation first began in my mind and also in honor of my son because Daniel himself will be doing the same thing. He's a person who definitely wants to do the right things and he will always uh, look out for others. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, and you mentioned media coverage. That was also on my list to talk to you about. What's your relationship like with the media? You know, I, I sent out an advice uh, just the other day. Um, I, you know, it, it's very great. I'll just put it that way. Um, I met a lot of journalists, met a lot of um, um, uh, uh, journalists and reporters. And I didn't realize that it was so many people until I had to go and um, send those invites. But I can tell you there are some, like from uh, Dateline, uh, Mr. Dean, and uh, some of the others, um, um, Sarah Seidner uh, from CNN, for instance, and some of the others, they would actually reach out to you. Um, back then it was Kumo, uh, give you his personal number, and constantly um, would make sure that they stay in touch. They just don't do a story and then just end it that way. They're constantly... Uh, but check in sometimes. Hey, Mr. Robinson, how are you doing? Um, I just wanted to make sure you're okay. Um, how, how's things going in the search for your son? You know, so those things mean a lot. Um, and I can't say, you know, my understanding of the media, um, they have bosses too. Some of these uh, journalists and reporters um, want to cover Dane's stories all the time. Uh, but, you know, of course, uh, with the uh, media, of course, they can't do that 
Uh, but definitely, uh, like I said, the people themselves a lot of times are, are, are very, very passionate about their jobs and about what they do. Uh, that makes me extremely happy to hear. Um, I don't always hear that people have pleasant experiences with the media. In fact, when I went to the vigil, um, I saw one news van that was there for maybe half the time and then they left and I instantly got upset. Um, I feel like the local news here is they I, I don't know how else to say it. I feel like they just don't care about missing people. Well, and, you know, and that's the thing we got to change. Um, that's one of the things I'm geared. That's the reason I have a, a petition there to try to make some changes in the way, way things are done, you know, uh, especially with the law enforcement. Uh, but, you know, with the news with news media, uh, yeah, sometimes I think, uh, you know, being a state, especially like Arizona, uh, California, some of these other states, Alaska, uh, New York, uh, some of the cities where the missing person rates are very, very high. Um, those will be some of the main things they're talking about. There should be uh, departments allocated, in, uh, departments within the departments um, that is definitely um, um, geared just focusing on missing persons. And so those things do need to be highlighted. And I say for families to just stay on the reporters, you have to call them, you have to, um, um, you know, make sure um, they take your, your loved one's story because we got to change that culture. Like you said, in a way they look at missing person cases. Absolutely. And I've also noticed that you've been, at least it appears this way, that you've been accepting um, more interviews with creators like me. I saw that you went on the Mile Higher podcast with Kendall Ray, which is, you know, a, a venue that platformed my sister's story um, in a way that I, I still can't explain. It was huge for my sister's story. So I kind of wanted to get your take on, you know, why you decided to start working with uh, some of these more independent creators, if you will, versus the major media. Well, you know, um, that's how I started. Uh, one, one of the things I have to do is um, reach out to everybody. Um, you know, uh, as, as a miss, uh, having a missing person, your mind is always on your child or your person. Um, at the same time, I knew I had to d- d- keep my mind steady. Um, but, yeah, um, one of the biggest things um, that I learned while searching for my son is that you have to sometimes um, reach out. Make sure you're reaching out to the local media. That's in terms of also l- doing social media. I think social media platforms are a lot bigger than uh, some of the news media. Sometimes we tend to think that we need the news media more than we need social media. I I look at it differently. Um, You see the news media actually have YouTube channels to TikToks and things like that because they're where you get the most coverage. People are always often online and things like that. Uh, When it comes to the YouTube channels, people reached out to me. Uh, I'm very grateful when they do so. Um, that's showing interest in my son's case. Um, everybody need to know what's happening in Daniel Robinson's case. Um, some people watch one podcast to another. I can say um, your platform, as well as Kendall Ray, uh, her husband, Josh, I was very grateful, very uh, big um, platform they have there, and they will, it was willing to take Daniel's story. Uh, so when I go on these platforms, whether they're big or small, they have followers. And these followers uh, are people who can spe- uh, spread the word, uh, Daniel's, um, the word about his disappearance. And that's very important because I need Daniel's story to get out there because I'm always going to be or somebody out there that may know what happened to my son and then don't know that I'm looking for Daniel or they would be compelled to speak out. So that's what I'm aiming for. So is I'm looking at every inch and every place I can to get his, his name out there. 
Absolutely. I mean, I think I did something like 50 podcasts when I was trying to get my sister's name out there. It just, there I was accepting every interview that came my way and just blasting people asking for help. Um, That's right. Yeah. So I, I totally get it. And I also feel, and you know, correct me if you feel uh, a different way, but I feel like these creators can mobilize their audiences in ways that national media can't. I, you know, I feel like people connect with someone like Kendall Ray a lot more than a CNN program. So they'll listen to Kendall and they'll see Kendall make a huge donation and they'll try to follow suit. Um, I, I just, there's something really special about the true crime community versus major media. Do you feel the same way or is that just my unique experience? No, I definitely agree. Um, you know, it's almost like a a, a, a person that knows their audience, you know, um, a DJ, let's say a DJ um, playing music, uh, he knows his audience. He knows what, what to play, uh, what makes his his, um, his um, audience um, tap their feet, to clapping their hands and things like that to be engaged. Um, a lot of times the YouTube creators are the same way, um, the way I, I imagine. Um, they, they know their audience. They know the people what the people want to hear and things like that. So um, in other words, uh, they know their, uh, their people that's, that come to their site on a more intimate level than they would uh, a news uh, reporter would on uh, one of the big major networks. Um, so, cause you have all types of people uh, joining on that, but you have uh, specific people who's um, looking for specific things. So those creators know how to bring that story across uh, in a better way. So I, I think so. I think they're very more passionate about it because they actually can take their times and stick to one story uh, for a lengthy time. So they can get really passionate and really engage and really talk about a missing person story. So I, I enjoy that a whole lot more, uh, being able to engage with the true crime communities. Oh, good. Yeah. And like you mentioned before about journalists, you know, um, creators like me and Kendall don't really have any bosses, so we can kind of do whatever we want. That's right. If we want to do, you know, 12 episodes about it, we can. Um so that's, that's really good to hear. I'm glad that you've had a similar experience. Um, I found so much community in the true crime community, listeners, creators. Um, I don't think I could have made it through without them. That's right. That's right. And, you know, and I, I've experienced that as well um, at the CrimeCon event, for instance, um, out, outpouring of support, uh, people constantly, right? I, I must uh, I tell you after the Kendall Ray show, uh, for example, um, I still have people saying, hey, I just seen you on the Mount High higher podcast, you know, and, and you know, they, they would hit me up on um, emails to text messages, you know, tell me how, how much they are uh, really in support and how much they really love me and my family. You know, so those things are very good. They, the good morale boosters and things like that. But I see that community do have a lot of love uh, come from different angles, not just the Kendall Ray um, podcast, but uh, also other uh, podcast as well. Oh, good. Yeah, I still get people to. I mean, I did uh, mile higher years ago, and I still get people that uh, knew me from then. Um, so it's <laughs> it's always. I mean, it's huge. It, it it's really huge. Um, makes a huge difference. But I I know that you have your own YouTube channel now. Can you tell me a little bit about that and where people can find you? Yes, um, it's please help find Daniel. Um, that's the YouTube channel. Um, the channel, I, I decided again um, to make sure that Daniel, when I, when, you know, it's almost like something I wrote on, on uh, Twitter. Uh, when the lights and the camera go off, I'm going to be there for my son. When the interests of the people fade, I'm still going to be here for my son. And one of the things is, and the reason why I, I say that is because, like I said, the, sometimes the cycle, the news media have to move on to new things. Um, they can be talking about Ukraine one week 
and then they'd be talking about the elections the next week. So things change um, in the news cycle. I have to I learned quickly uh, to keep my my son's name uh, out there because it's important to do so. Yeah, I had to create my own. I think you experienced that yourself. You say you have been doing a lot of episodes as well. Um, you know, you had to create your own um, 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 media. Let's go ahead and put Daniel's story out there. So my, the channel is geared to bring awareness to Daniel, um, his mis- uh, disappearance, as well as um, events and things that w- that I'm doing um, in search of my son. And so, you know, just try to get information out to the people and make sure they're very much engaged. And also, like I said, um, it also gave me an opportunity to help other families um, like I did this morning. I wanted a family on, tried to bring on. We had a little technical difficulties, so hopefully it should come on this evening. Uh, but I definitely want to make sure other families are able to use that same platform and give them the opportunity, as you guys have, like you're doing right now, uh, give me an opportunity as well uh, to put Daniel's story out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's something to be said for taking back control of that narrative and not because you don't want the bad stuff to come out or whatever. It's because I I fully believe that nine times out of 10 family members like you and, you know, I know these cases better than anybody else, better than someone who could research it. That's right. And, you know, some things that uh, definitely won't be and, you know, you want to make sure that you want to have things on accurate accuracy, like you said, um, you know, uh, Q&A. I have the Q&A on the YouTube channel and um, the Q&A is for uh, people who have high interest in Daniel's case. And, hey, they want to ask questions um, directly to the source. And I am his father. I want to make sure they get the accuracy um, of that um, question. Uh, because that's a lot of things I heard out there. Um, and sometimes I just have to shake my head, uh, you know, because sometimes things don't come off as accurate as they should. Um, it's almost like if you was to whisper in somebody in a full room um, in a circle and you whisper in somebody's ear and they go around a circle and whisper in each other's ear. And by the time it comes to you, the story kind of changed. So some of those things do happen out there in the public sphere, but that gives people opportunity to come uh, to the channel and ask some questions and they can get it directly from me. Yeah, big game of telephone. Absolutely. Um, It's amazing how things get distorted. Um, But yeah, I mean, okay, so you have the YouTube channel. I know that you also have this event at the Capitol coming up this month. um, And I want to promote that and see if we can get as many people out there as possible. Um, Can you tell us more about that? Yes, um, my team, team again, um, uh, they help with the uh, candlelit visual. Uh, The team has also brought to me uh, the idea of having the um, uh, day of remembrance, and the day of remembrance, uh, remembrance is uh, definitely for not just um, to highlight and, and bring awareness to Daniel's case, but also to do it for other families. Um, you know, we work really hard uh, to get uh, other people in, like resources like Tempe, uh, the police department, the mayor, uh, Phoenix, um, also um, uh, Maricopa County uh, Sheriff's Zone. Some of those uh, those folks there uh, to come in also uh, uh, name us and uh, some of these other um, uh, resources uh, that would help people who need those, who don't know about those things that can be there and also um, provide these families the ability to put their person's stories out there. Because a lot of people, like I said, don't even have the opportunity to have a um, their, their missing loved one presented on any kind of podcast to news or local news. Some of these things come uh, go unheard. So this is an opportunity to get those families to be able to come together. We can share our stories. I can also share some of my ideas with these families 
um, how I started things and give them some ideas of what they may be able to do. Let us come together. They also can do the resources and things, like I said. Um, so it's, it's geared for that uh, to bring awareness to the missing persons cases. And like you said um, earlier, um, to change the way that the cities, especially cities, uh, uh, states like Arizona, uh, look at missing person cases as well. So we put all that together to make sure that these families be able to um, uh, highlight their missing person case. I mean, that is so incredible and so important. I know that there used to be an event called Missing in Arizona, and I don't think it happens anymore. So there's definitely a huge need for something like that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, So, you know, like I said before we started, every episode of Voices for Justice ends with a call to action. So how can my listeners go beyond just listening to the story and, and helping? You know, is it the foundation? Is it the GoFundMe? Is it, you know, going to this event? Is it everything? Um, you know, the call to action is whatever you'd like to make it. Yes. Um, the call to action would be everything. Just as you spoke, um, you know, uh, when I first got here, I didn't get the, um, the quickness and the urgency that it was needed in my son's case. Um, I since then started a petition uh, to fight and ask this department to step their game up, to really work very hard to uh, search my son. That since started evolving uh, from trying to get the uh, the way that uh, missing person cases are reported. Uh, they don't have to wait. They shouldn't have to wait 12 to 24 hours before they can report um, their missing loved one, um, those type of things. So the, 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 the uh, petition started growing from that point, and as well as in trying to get the uh, FBI and some of these other organizations into my son's case. So it's been evolving. So I ask people if they can Go and sign a petition. The petition is not just a signature. It's actually your voice. You can you can sign it multiple times with different emails that just amplifying your voice even louder. Uh, but tell people to go in and they, if they support the same causes that I have as well um, as they can go and also um, join the search. You know, saying I will have the searches again this uh, on the 25th of this month as well as the Day of Remembrance. Uh, the search will be at 6.45 in the morning, beginning out there in Sun Valley Parkway and Catch Road. You can find the information on pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. Um, that's where you can join in on the search. You can um, uh, sign in so I can know you're coming. You can get the safety briefing and things like that. So all the information about how you can help with searching as well as um, the events tab. You know, we do have some events. So you can follow the events, like I said, where we have them this week. We had the candlelit visual. Uh, we, what we have on the 25th. You can follow that. Also, we have the PDF. I have a flyer distribution. Um, I really need to get those flyers out. We have uh, put out thousands of thousands upon thousands of flyers out uh, since I started my distribution um, of flyers. We have people who join in what I call as the ambassador uh, ambassador program uh, from different cities. I can get to send those flyers out to them. They will be distributing those flyers into their prospective cities. I'm in charge of those. And so it's things like that. If you want to, if you can't get those flyers, um, you can also get the PDF off the website, Please Help Find Daniel, where you can print those those flyers out if you want to print them out yourself. So uh, it's, it's so much going, some other ways you can help if you're in different cities, you put your information there because I do have a foundation and uh, we do need people for that foundation eventually. So you put your skill sets and things like that, um, definitely uh, for the foundation. So it's so much more. You can do, um, uh, just go to pleasehelpfinddaniel.com and all that information will be there. Perfect. And I will make sure everything's linked to make it super, super easy for people. That's right. And thanks so much. And one thing I want to mention too, also the GoFundMe. Um, one of the biggest things is um, it was very hard to, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you probably understand this. Um, 
asking, asking, hey, I need help. I need help. You know, we think we should get that help from the law enforcement. Uh, but unfortunately, I have had, had to be um, had to start my own desert searches to do my own investigation. Like I said, it was also called the city searches. Now it's called the city distribution as well as now, like I said, doing investigative work that wasn't done on the scene. So I had to and make sure that I'm still here in Arizona uh, on the ground zero um, fighting for my son. So all that comes with funding. Um, every week, um, I've been doing it for 40 weeks. Like I say, we cover over 40,000, uh, uh, 32,000 acres over 40 weeks of searches and, um, you know, and, and continue to fight. I had to continue to just fight. Uh, so any support financially can help uh, towards that fight. And I really appreciate everybody who have given so far. Uh, you the ones have got me this far uh, to this point. I'm really grateful. Yeah. The consumers in this industry are absolutely amazing. But yeah, I mean, you're exactly right, especially with this, you know, um, this new revelation, even if it's not, um, you know, Daniel down in that well, if it's a school, it's somebody and they deserve to be named. Um, That's right. Yeah. And I'm sure that that's going to be uh, an extremely pricey venture all on its own. I can't even imagine the logistics of getting down in a well like that. Yes. And, you know, uh, one of the things about that, well, um, I did get an offer. <laughs> um, it's going to sound weird. Um, the guy who um, last seen my son at that well, he could work for a company called Weber. Um, when I went to go um, inquire how we can get those things removed at that well, and on the company, they, they suggested was well, the same company. And, you know, of course, so that put some hesitation in my heart, in my mind. So, you know, I'm trying to find ways to um, get someone out there to um, retrieve those things out of that will and, um, and we can go from there. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Um, hopefully you can supervise it or have some type of third party come in and monitor. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But either way, um, we'll get it done. Nobody's going to stop supporting you now, you know? Yes. And I, I really, I really thank everybody who does. Um, you know, like I said, none of this would have been possible. I'm going to fight, you know, I think everybody can know about this by now. I'm going to fight for my son. I'm going to be out there searching regardless um, and doing things. But, but at the same time, I would not have the distribution. I would not have billboards from the east side of Phoenix out to the west. I would not have, you know, certain things I'm doing right now. All this wouldn't have been uh, possible uh, without uh, the volunteers and people's help. So I'm really grateful for everybody who's listening and everybody um, who's been, who have done uh, things for me and my family. I really appreciate you guys. Yes, that's what I keep trying to tell my listeners, that they really can help. It's not just some hopeful wish and a dream. I see it every day. Yes, that's right. All right, perfect. Is there anything you'd like to add before we close out? No, I just want to tell you thank you so much again for um, allowing me to come on and uh, sharing Dan's story. Uh, I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Voices for Justice is hosted and produced by me, Sarah Turney, and is a Voices for Justice media original. To hear more stories hosted by me, check out my other podcast, Disappearances, only on Spotify. And for even more content, or if you just want to support the show, check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Voices for Justice. And I know we always miss the little outros when we do interviews, so thank you, I love you, and I'll talk to you next time. 